I feel like at 18, I was so quirky and I was okay with it. I was so comfortable with who I was because it was a little pinched before all the social media excitement. I wasn't trying to keep up with any of those Kardashians. I wasn't trying to be <laughs> someone who I wasn't. So I think if I could go back, I would tell myself to stay on that path and mm-hmm. to, you know, keep licking that grease pant. No, not really. It's <laughs> terrible. But, but, you know, like it, wear two different colored socks and it's not a big deal. Hey guys, my name is Katie Enterkin and I'm on a mission to help humans become the best possible versions of themselves and to unveil what I like to call the beautiful beast that already lives inside us all. And welcome to the podcast about everything and a little bit of nothing. I've had the privilege to talk to all kinds of different humans who have been through a plethora, oh, I love words, a myriad of experiences just being a human and existing. These are real conversations with real people, getting to know each other, sharing stories that make us cry, and occasionally pee our pants with laughter. We talk about all kinds of life stuff, parenthood, business, life goals, fitness, chasing your dreams, and yes, even some animal noises are involved. For more information, keep listening. This is the Unveiling the Beast podcast. OMG, you guys. If you're back for episode two of this podcast, I just, I can't. You're friggin' awesome. So like I say in my pretty cool intro, I get to talk to all different kinds of people, so naturally the energy of each episode is going to be different. In this episode, I got to hang out with Emma Shartner, who is now a long-lost spin class groupie because she moved far, far away. But anyway... I was interested in her story because she's always talking to me about how much she travels. So I asked her. And because we're genuinely getting to know each other better while recording, this episode almost felt like we were on a first date. We talked about food, fear of dating in a small town, our favorite cuss words, body image, all kinds of stuff. And, of course, there's plenty of inappropriate laughter. So, without further ado, which I have no idea what that means, Here's my conversation with Emma. I hope something lands with you today. I hope something you hear tugs on your heartstrings and or I hope you laugh. So, I am with Emma Shardy. Close, Shartner. Shartner, but I like Shardy. You know, you say that, but then put yourself in my shoes. It's a I promise name. you in five minutes you're going to be relaxed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Challenge so, accepted. Why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Okay. So I'm originally from northeastern Wisconsin. I lived in a little village with maybe like 250 people, wow. and our closest city was of 10,000. So everyone was related to everyone, and... I lived there for the first, what, 17, 18 years of my life. So was it hard to find a boyfriend? Oh my gosh. Related? My father always thought that I was into women, and we had a big conversation. I came back home one time with my first boyfriend, and he said, okay, really? Okay, I'm just curious, no judgment. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? And he said, well, you never dated. I always assumed, because you liked sports so much, uh, that, you know. And, and I was like, well, Dad, I didn't want to date my second or third cousin. That's just disgusting. So... <laughs> Yeah, so it was hard to find a date, but that's okay. So continue. 
Okay, so... You, did, you dated your cousin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three of them. No, it was really awkward, though. I mean, I would... There were times when people would be dating and then they'd find out if they were like third cousins and then they'd be like, hmm, should we continue or not? Okay, let's go. And it was just like, really, Chelsea? Like, what are you doing here? So pretty gross, but it was just kind of the way the ball bounces. And I have to wonder, I do have a a little bit of a crooked nose, so I I don't want to check my family (laughs) history because, you know, all signs say, well, you know what they probably say. Okay, so what I know about you is that you travel a lot. Yeah. What's that all about? I work for an ed tech company, and I graduated school with a ton of student debt and no actual skills, which, you know, follow your heart, the parents say. Yeah, that was a crock of crap. Follow your heart and go to college. Yeah, that master's in political science is really going to (laughs) change your life. Bullshit. No, just kidding. But for real. I think I'll put a a, a sheep there. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That would be accurate. So, yeah, so I graduated from school with a bunch of degrees that really didn't mean anything. And then I ended up uh, teaching for a few years in Oklahoma City. I did this program called Teach for America, where you teach in a failing school. I ended up turning a teacher in for cheating on the state tests. Like, she was actually changing their answers and stuff. It was a really crazy, corrupt situation. And I had no idea what to do. So um, after that, I was like, okay, I don't want to teach anymore. And I ended up finding this company in ed tech. So now I get to travel to different campuses and stuff. And it's a lot of fun. Does that stand for educational technology? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I'm smart. Yeah. You are, though. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I travel a lot. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So how did you come about taking a spin class? Yeah, so... It sounds random, but um, just a side note to our one listener. <laughs> Give us credit. There'll be two. Well, okay, maybe my mom and dad. Oh, my mom and dad, too. Okay, oh, four. four. No, my dad no. doesn't know technology. Okay, so, well, then four, because both my dad's and then my mom and your mom. <sighs> Proud wow. Okay, so for our four listeners, she is... Um, what she likes to call my personal groupie, mm-hmm. which yep. I don't like. Loud I, and proud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes me blush. <laughs> um, she started in my spin class, and now she's moving up to Zumba. Yes. So anyway, that's why I asked that question. Yeah. So I think, you know, my parents growing up, they owned a supper club, which is very... Uh, it's a regional thing it's like where you have a bar and a restaurant and you sit at the bar you drink your cocktail and then you move to your table and it's a very Wisconsin thing but they owned a a supper club and of course as the daughter of the owners I got to eat anything I ever wanted so I was like licking every grease pan like Mm. eating steaks all the time roasted chicken you name it I ate it which is why probably another reason why I didn't date in high school I was um you know, I, I really didn't care about weight, nor did I understand the concept of calories. And, oh, okay, if I lick this grease pan, it might equate to, <laughs> you know, like, bigger thighs, which, again, I didn't really care, nor do I really at this point in time. Mm-hmm. But then once I went off to college and I realized, oh, I need to start taking better care of myself, I started incorporating more exercise classes and whatnot. And so when I moved here to California, I, of course, stumbled upon your class, which was the biggest blessing was my for your first? Was I your first? I think I think in the area. I was her first. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, at least it feels like the first. <laughs> no, it, it's pretty accurate though, which is probably why I'm so connected to you. You know how you get that emotional connection with your oh, first yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm still friends with my first spin instructor, and she was in Simi Valley. Really? Yeah. Okay. And 
her name was Janelle, and, um, I don't know, I loved her, her style, and then, I want to say, like, three or four months after I started her class, she got pregnant. Okay. And she taught all the way up till she was, like, eight and a half months. <sighs> Unrealistic expectations, lady. <laughs> Not really. Well, really? I, I taught till I was eight months, but, um, what? the last part of it was off bike because I had a lot of pregnancy complications that made me not be able to work out anyway but I still taught but on my feet I I got up to 280 when I was pregnant with Desmond so that's amazing on your feet for an hour hell no okay (laughs) I was like okay I'm ready to just yeah so what made you decide to be a spin instructor um actually I was kind of not suckered into it but one of the the instructors at the I was going to the YMCA in Simi Valley and one of the instructors um, Amber she taught this class called full body fusion which is just like weights and stuff okay so I would take her class and then I would take Janelle's spin class like okay like 20 times a week <laughs> but um I became friends with Amber and then she was like I'm gonna go get certified in spin you're coming with me I'm like uh okay sure and I'm like how much is it she's like I think it's 325 just just do it so I think I borrowed the money from my mom oh <laughs> and we went Shout together to your mom yeah our one listener hi mom thanks mom so that's how that happened and it okay. was in oh. Venice Beach oh it was in Venice Beach and it was on a street called Narcissus Way <laughs> okay okay so Emma Shardy Close, Charlotte. It's like one of the only reasons why I want to get married, you know, just so I can hopefully take that person's last name. I mean, I'm a big feminist. I would hyphenate, <laughs> but like when you're born into Shartner, like, oof, that's gotta go. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yeah. What is your favorite word? <laughs> my favorite word. Okay, so my favorite word is probably I'm a huge sports buff and I love the Wisconsin Badgers mm-hmm. and during the final four a few years back one of my favorite players of all time Nigel Hayes he was like talking about all these different big words trying to stump their stenographer the person who like types mm-hmm. and so I think the first word coming to me is one of the first words he said to try to stump her which is maybe cacophony because it makes you sound mm-hmm. smart please don't ask me the like origin or <laughs> what it truly means used in a sentence whatever I just remember Nigel saying that and me going oh he's so smart and I was just so dazzled <laughs> what's your favorite I don't know I don't think I have a favorite word I like words like um plethora yeah or um there's another one I use that means the same thing. I'm really not on it today. <laughs> Story of my life, yeah. But plethora is a good one. Yeah. And then another word, like, do you have any words that you think it starts to sound funny when you say it over and over again? Like the word fork. That If you say fork. I lived fork, in St. Louis fork. for a long time and they say fark. Fark. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, pass me the fark. I don't think that's just sounds... Pass me the fark out. Yeah. <laughs> and I come from, like, a really hillbilly area where everyone talks pretty funny. So for me to think it's weird, you yeah. know, it's weird. Like, you know, if you get talking to some of the local yokos, they'll be like, oh, how about dumb dare packers, don't you know? Yeah. Okay. And you're like, yeah. what did you just say? But yeah, Missouri, it's fark. Yeah. Fark. Yeah. And instead of 40, it's farty. 
yeah. Do they say wash? Yes. For wash? Yes. Don't do it, guys. Ooh, I'm going to get deep. Okay. If you could talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell her? Hmm. That was a good one. I don't know. I feel like at 18, I was so quirky and I was okay with it. I was so comfortable with who I was because it was a little pinched before all the social media excitement. I wasn't trying to keep up with any of those Kardashians. I wasn't trying to be (laughs) someone who I wasn't. So I think if I could go back, I would tell myself to stay on that path and Mm -hmm. to, you know, keep licking that grease pant. No, not really. It's (laughs) terrible. But, but you know, like it wear two different colored socks and it's not a big deal you you know and and do stuff like that where now I get so insecure and if I get nervous about something I'll just say oh no I'm busy and in reality I'm just deciding do I want to watch Netflix Hulu or Amazon (laughs) Prime I'm not busy at all but I'll say no just because that anxiety gets to you yeah so I think I would tell myself to just relax and and keep keep doing you because you know it's easy to forget that where do you think that switch happened you know, I, I think the more exposure you get to all the coolness and all the excitement, like, you know, the more you can get pressured into wanting to be that and yeah. to do that. I don't know. What would you tell your 18-year-old self? Well, I, I find it interesting because I'm kind of like the opposite. I was so focused on what other people were doing when I was younger okay. and trying to fit in. And then I one day I just said, fuck it. And I'm like, I like who I am. I'm funny I'm weird I'm awkward I make funny faces in spin class and like I just she does I gotta I gotta own it and strangely like even though I don't care what other people think about me I'm still shy like in the closet shy nobody ever believes me when I tell them I'm shy but I am and I don't know if it's just like lingering from okay my childhood or so I don't know wow I don't know what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Where did you grow up? What area? Oh, I grew up in... Okay, I'm going to go through the list. I was born in Valencia. Okay. Which is like the next city over. So Valencia, Irvine, Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, Moore Park, Simi Valley, Thousand Oaks, Santa Rosa Valley... (laughs) No, I wasn't a military child. <laughs> Everyone always says, oh, were you military? I'm like, no, we just moved a lot when I was a kid. Okay. So. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I think my total is 21 or 22 moves, including adulthood. So see, then you had more exposure to the the stresses of, of feeling like you need to conform. Whereas me, I was in the same building from kindergarten to 12th grade. Uh, same students. You know, same, like, yeah. I graduated in a class of, how many, it was a bigger class, maybe like 65 total, and it was a mm-hmm. big class. So I think when you have less access to all the exciting possibilities, yeah. you're more okay with being your quirky self, whereas if you moved all the time, it probably makes sense. I had sense. to fit in with whatever new school I was going to. I, that makes sense. See? Yep. I'm so glad I can use my psych- psychology 101 class. OMG. Oh. Worth the $3,000. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for letting me use that. I just took mine at community college. So smart. (laughs) You're so smart. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm on Jeopardy or something because I'm getting nervous. Like, well, I know the answer. Like, ready to ding in. If you could remove all barriers and or constraints 
what project would you be working on right now? I think as I continue to work my way out of student loan debt, that opens up more possibilities of what maybe I would mm-hmm. want to be working on or doing. So my background's in politics, and for a while I worked for a congressman, and then I realized I'm a terrible liar. I don't know <laughs> if I would do so well in this area. Um, so that's when I was like, okay, you know, maybe I'll teach for a few years. That's a good way of giving back to society. And then I was like, oh, nope, nope, that's not going to work. And so I think if I had no barriers, especially when it comes to you know, finances and this and that, I'd want to get back into more meaningful work. Sorry, sorry, company I currently work for. It's great, but it's like, it's yeah, a product it's a where if, you, if you're a rich kid, it's awesome. It can help you so much. But what about all the kids who can't afford it? It's yeah. not really fair. So I feel yeah. like I'm just widening the achievement gap. So I think I would do something a little more meaningful with the project. I don't know what that would look like. So it's Something kind of maybe more in, all-inclusive Yeah. for all... Um, there you go again. All, all people, not just rich people. <laughs> you know, and I love serving rich people. I'm like the yeah. Mother Teresa of serving rich people. I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, do you want me to just polish your, your silverware for you? No, but for real, I think it would be it would be good to do something a little more yeah. meaningful. But I don't know what that would be. But then again, we create all these barriers in our head. So I don't, I think I just need to be more disciplined with actually coming up with the goal. <laughs> you know or maybe you just need to like give yourself the opportunities to explore and and get out there and try different things yeah because like for me I was actually going into psychology I was going to go to Channel Islands University and become a psychologist and I picked that school because it was the old mental institution. I don't know if you that's know that. That's pretty cool. School. No. That's so really it was like cool. mental institution. They let everybody go. Wow. And then they turned it into a university. I'm like, dude, I'm going to go there. That's and amazing. then, then I got divorced. I was married really young and I got divorced and I got into fitness and I'm like, ooh, it was like an accidental career. Okay. Like just, yeah. And in a way, like, and then I got into life coaching, which is kind of like a form of psychology. Yeah. You got to learn all the, the ways that the brain works, but it's like things you can't really know what you want to do or go after unless yeah. you go out and try different things. So, what do you suggest? What should I try next? Don't make it too embarrassing. I'm shy. <laughs> I don't know. Like stuff. <laughs> See, that's the hard thing is like we get so into our patterns of existence that yeah. for me, like trying something new is like, okay, like on this Chili's two for 20, you take that dish, I'll take that one, we'll split. Like, and that's really pitiful. Yeah. I want to be more adventurous with like projects and risk taking. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. What about like what kind of things are you good at? <sighs> so good at eating. Um, that was a high five. That was a high five. Um, I'm really good at driving long distances. I could be an excellent truck driver, but that's not a project. That's kind of pitiful again. Yeah. I don't know. I I have no idea. Well, even like with the word project set aside, like, like your life, like you have to, you have to love what you do. Or your life is just going to 
you know. And I'm not saying you personally. I'm just saying, like, in general. Yeah. There's so many people who hate their job, and they do it just for the paycheck. Yeah. You know? Yep. And they don't know how to pursue what they want to pursue. Or even, like, like moms, sometimes, like, stay-at-home moms, they become moms and they think that their old self doesn't exist anymore and they're, that yeah. person's still there. you got to take care of that person. So, that's just my... What would you say your your project or your goal would be? Um, my project right now is Beautiful Beast Within. Oh. I'm like, hopefully very soon gonna like either LLC it or do something so it's an actual business, but it's life coaching and training. That's awesome. So, because like anybody can be a personal trainer, but, or a fitness instructor but changing yourself has to come from up here yeah so yeah that was deep that was really but it's deep. true it's true it is yeah. yeah i think i got the chills when i said that yeah and my cleavage is showing i wish i had that problem <laughs> that that would be a great project of mine um, have a baby <laughs> i don't sometimes when i hate my job i think about like you know like can I just get knocked up and then maybe not mm-hmm. have to do it? But I don't think I'm quite mature enough yet for motherhood, which I should hustle. I know my eggs are rotting and time's ticking, but, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like everyone gets pregnant later and later, so maybe in, like, five years. Yeah. Oh, gosh. What? I'll be, like, an elderly mom. Or, um, oh, my gosh, I said or, and I had a thought, and then it left. Okay. And I don't remember why. <laughs> that was a great snort. Thank you. When we were kids, we used to say, does your train of thought have a caboose? And <laughs> we're doing, isn't that terrible? Like, what little jerky kids? No wonder why we didn't have friends. Do you know what my friends would say? What? Well, specifically one friend, and you know who you are if you're a second listener other than my mom. She'd go, get your mind out of the gutter so mine can float by. That's awesome. So currently, I am sitting in the shitter with Emma Shardy, and at my house, they're having band practice without me. (laughs) That's so sad. I know. You should have had him come here. Ooh, you're a foodie. Okay. What would you pick for a last meal? Oh my gosh, I always think of this all the time, and people get really creeped out when I... think of it all the time. (laughs) I think it's a really good date question to ask people, too, like, what would be your death row final meal, you know? And I think it's very telling, especially if you only have a budget of, like, 60 bucks. Like, you have to get creative. (laughs) Okay. I don't... I'm just... I love it all. Okay, you go first. Joe's Sushi. What's that? It's a sushi restaurant in Riverside. Okay. It's not, like, the best... Like high end sushi, but it's like my favorite rolls. It's like the Nobu of Riverside. Yeah, Joe's Sushi. I will post a link in the description below. Okay. Whatever that means. I don't know what that means yet. (laughs) I'm just recording podcast episodes. I'm not going to post anything for a while. Okay. Yeah. But I just want to have like a a plethora of. (laughs) Yes. 
<laughs> Couldn't I? I don't know how I can incorporate cacophony, but we can just keep saying plethora again and again. <laughs> yeah, I think my okay. So you have to remember, like a part of me is really hillbilly, so I'm like, I wouldn't mind, you know, just eating it all with the stuffed crust pizza. Um, but then again, sushi's fabulous. I'd love like a mashed potato bar, a little surf and turf, but I'm not like limited to the expensive crab. I would probably take like crappy lobster crab, you know, imitation stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just would want it all. And dessert, I really would want to end with like, I don't know, so many different scoops of ice cream and mm-hmm. sprinkles. I love sprinkles. I'm like a, you know, like a two year old where I just like, I'll have more sprinkles than I will ice cream. Uh, so I like food, but that doesn't mean I'm sophisticated with my taste. It just means I love to eat. Yeah. But I, I, I like eat it. everything. I'm yeah. I'm a foodie, not in the sense, yeah. whatever that means. Okay. So maybe I should have asked, what would your last day of eating look like? Oh my gosh. So one time I was, I was teaching, I taught in a, a tough school and it was hard for me to gain control of my classroom, and I ended up becoming um, in charge of the in-school suspension room. And I'll never forget, I was trying so hard to like just get everyone to sit down and to start doing their work. And these are all the kids that have been, you know, kicked out of class. And so all of a sudden, one of my students gets on her phone and she's talking to her dad. And in the middle of class, she's trying to set up her father to go on a date with me. And I'm so frazzled, and it's been a really tough day. And and you know women are supposed to act dainty and petite and we don't really eat <laughs> i want to eat air today like mm-mm, mm-mm. but like that's what we're supposed to act like and so long story short she's on her phone and she goes miss s miss s what what do you want what do you like to eat and i said erica i like to eat everything and all of a sudden she screams really loud to her dad she wants buffet and i was so embarrassed because i'm like <laughs> first of all like her dad i mean he was kind of attracted to i Attractive. I would never date him, but it was still, like, I wanted to have that, like, you know, how did I become 175 pounds? I, I don't know. I don't eat. You know, like, I wanted to have that dainty image, and it just, yeah, it didn't work out. So I think buffet, I, I really would. There she was go. right. I really do want buffet. buffet. And I'll own it. At 32, I'll own it. I want buffet. Get it. Yeah. Get it. I'm getting hungry just talking about all this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Story of my life. That's awesome. Yeah. Ooh, what's your favorite cuss word? Oh. Okay, so my my dad actually did sail the Great Lakes for a while. So when I get my potty mouth, I, I blame it on that. Um, but really, I just like to cuss a lot. Mm-hmm. My fiancé hates it when I cuss. It's like his biggest pet peeve. And he's like, you know, you need to clean that up. And I get really bad road rage. So, like, all my favorites come out. I think... I, I would have to say the one that holds the most power is still the F word because it is so dirty and offensive. And so it, it certainly is my favorite. It makes me just nice. feel really empowered. And, you know, you can cut me off and I'll I'll say that word and suddenly I feel at peace. So it just, it brings, <laughs> it just takes away all my anxiety. Suddenly I feel at peace. Yeah, it helps. What about you? I don't know. I, I call people dickhole on the road. But I do like the F word. Yeah. The F word, it's good because you can insert it in there, insert it in a sentence, and it means more. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're not a cusser. Yeah. And you, you yeah, you put that in a... Yeah. yeah. Such a great emphasis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the diet industry? 
I think it's so frustrating, but yet I fall for it. Mm-hmm. So I feed into it. It's kind of like, um, you know, like at one point everyone was upset because the Kardashians had, they were advertising for the the lollipops that made you lose weight or the, the skinny tea. You know, everyone yeah. on Instagram, if you get over X amount of followers, suddenly you're an influencer and you're trying to, you know, do the skinny tea detox. When you look into that, it's really just, it's going to wreck your internal systems, but yep. it might help you, you know, take a dump a few times extra. But I, I mean, I say it's so bad, but then I fall for all of it. So, mm. so yeah. Yeah. I'm a hypocrite. Hmm. Not necessarily. Yeah. Or just insecure. Maybe I'm just insecure, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but I, I think I like your approach to, like, the holistic self. I think that's really important. Because when you think about, like, why are you trying to lose weight as opposed to just losing it, it, it makes it easier for you to stick to your goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What or do is about? it even necessary to lose weight? Bomb. That's bomb. true. Bomb. That's true. Shout out to my skinny fat sister. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier, how she's so tiny, but then you put her in a spin class and she would struggle. Sorry, Casey. Love you. But what do well, you think about I, it? I only say that because I've, I just started reading this book called Intuitive Eating. Okay. And it's like, it's really eye-opening about the diet industry and how it's like, I think it's $60 billion a year industry. I'm like all this stuff I'm learning about it is like because I for the last few years I'm like I don't diet I don't diet but I was obsessively counting calories and obsessively okay. working out to make sure that the calories were in balance or if I didn't count calories that day I would feel guilty or if I ate the chips or a cookie I'd feel guilty um and then they have this thing in the book called Last Supper Okay. So, like, the night before, you're like, okay, well, tomorrow I'm going to be good, so I'm going to eat whatever I want tonight. That's every night for me. I was doing that every night. Yes, diet starts tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I don't know if you're interested in that book or if you're a reader or whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, I won't call myself, like, a reader rabbit, but I do enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So, back to the weight thing, like, one of the one of the things that they brought to my attention is, like, people in our society say if you're overweight you're unhealthy and if you're skinny you're healthy which is not true at all you know yep. like you can be rail thin and get cancer yep that doesn't and that had nothing to do with your weight so i'm not saying there aren't is- issues of so oh god i can't talk <laughs> um i'm not saying there aren't issues associated with being like morbidly obese or anything yeah but there are other hardcore health issues you can get being a size zero. Yep. So that's why I said, like, like, if right now I am more fit than I've ever been in my life, but I'm also a bigger size. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I like, know. skinny people, they could, it's so dangerous, they could die of being too happy. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But are they really happy, though? Like, when I was at my smallest, I still had body image issues. Really? Yeah. I'll I'll show you a picture. Okay. Yeah. Dang! Yeah. Dang. Good for you. That's when I got into fitness. I hadn't been that size since, like, the third grade. Good for you. 
I look really skinny because I wasn't lifting a lot of weights, but I was, they called it the divorce diet. So you're right. There is an issue with society because right away when you said it, it's called the divorce diet, I was like, oh, I need to look that up. And I was like, wait, I'm not yet married. And I hope I don't get divorced. And I was like, oh, she looks so good. What I need to do, is that a branch of the keto diet? (laughs) So I did like a form of keto dieting and I... I lost a lot of weight fast, even though, like, my breath was terrible. And, oh, yeah. And, I mean, there were other things, too, that just weren't all that pleasant. But then I gained it all back and some. But it was fun for, like, four minutes. Yeah. You know, when it lasted. So, my point is, like, even some people, when they lose all that weight, it's like, I don't know. I've always had a skewed... Like, right now, I hate the way my body looks, but I love my body. Because I've done so much with it, like had a baby, ran two half marathons, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I hate the way it looks. That's so sad. Isn't that weird? Like, I I love hate it. (laughs) See? I don't know. It's sad, but I I get it. I'm not judging, but I understand completely. But I think that because I can grab onto that and embrace and know my reality in my head... I love my body, hate the way it looks. Okay, well then, I'm taking a step forward to self-acceptance, if that makes any sense. It does, but yeah. it's sad, because I, I know like when other people look at you, I wish that you could see what they see. Not to sound creepy and cliche, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we waste so much time hating ourselves, and yeah. it's like, why? Yeah. You know? I used to think I hated my body, but I'm like... I've got some gnarly stretch marks on my belly from really? my, from Desmond, and I'm like, I I wouldn't want to get the creams and stuff to cover that up because he made that. That's yeah, that's a whole other conversation. I mean, I say the same thing about that loaf of bread I had. I, <laughs> I have the stretch marks, and I'm like, you made that, baby. You know. Yeah. I'm still working on my baby weight. It'll come off someday. Yeah. Maybe. What did you say? It's from when you were born. Yeah. I mean, I'll lose. That. I'll lose it someday, maybe. And maybe not. I guess it's okay. See, I have a different thing. I had a big jaw surgery when I was maybe like 28 or something. So I had really bad, like an open bite and overbite. And these, like, discs are called condyles. And I had all this area. It was, like, shredded. It was gross. Mm. So I had to have this huge jaw surgery. It was crazy. And so I think it was, like, 28, 29. Once I came out of surgery, of course, it was, like, from my nose down it was a whole different ball game it looked so yeah. different so I hated myself for a long time because I just I looked didn't really recognize weird. yourself yeah yeah, yeah. so huh. I know. interesting women are so creative with our different ways that we can yeah you know just like who we are yeah just really sad and it's funny because before I got pregnant I thought, well, I've always thought I was fat. That's a whole other story. Like, I was mentally abused by my grandma. and (laughs) Yeah. So, my my dieting started when I was 10. What? (laughs) Yeah. That's really sad. Yeah. Um, But, where was I going to go with that thought? Oh, yeah. So, when I got pregnant with my son, I, I was 215 pounds. Okay. But I was fit. Yeah. Back then, I didn't know it was fit. I just focused on that number on the scale. Yeah. But 
when you lift a lot of weights, you're going to be heavier because that's just muscles weigh a lot. Yeah. So it took me a while to, to, I stopped weighing myself in May. I finally said, fuck it. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So I have no idea where I was going with that thought. You can edit this out if you want, but, yeah. like, what did your grandma do? Um, she would do things like, uh, well, she'd call me big, or she always made this face, like, when she would be referring to another big person, she'd go, what the? like, yeah, she was, she was a bitch. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, my brother is built differently than me, so he's, like, the real thin guy and I was like the big I I don't even know if I was big but I I was overweight which started when my parents got divorced which started emotional eating like psychology 101 yeah um so she'd give him twice as much food as me and say that you don't need it when I was like eight (laughs) um uh she'd serve hors d'oeuvres on family parties, but wouldn't let me have any. Yeah. What did your parents say about that? Oh, they hate it. My mom. Yeah. That's my mom's mom. And my mom grew up like that, with her nitpicking my mom. So, now she's 93 and doesn't even know who we are because she has Alzheimer's. And I always say this, like, not meanly, but karma. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she's, she's in a wheelchair she doesn't know anything around her see that's a great use of a cuss word karma really is a bitch yeah you know karma's a bitch yeah see my mom was in a similar situation as you were like her family they were so tough on her and really mean Mm -hmm. because of that when i would look at that grease pan she'd say you go girl and she would (laughs) let me lick it and oh you didn't get that corner and she was like because she didn't want me to feel the way she did And then, of course, it led to me being, of course, you know, just bulkier, to put it politely. And, um, yeah, so my problem was probably the reverse. Like, my mom just trying to empower me because she didn't want me to feel the way she did. Yeah. Which, it all, you know, worked out fine-ish. Yeah. Ish. Ish. Yeah. People, well, not anymore, but for a while, people would be like, you gotta go visit your grandmother, you know, (laughs) she's she's we don't know if this is going to be her last such and such and i'm like do you remember how she treated us like do you not understand why i don't well she's not like that anymore i'm like she doesn't even know who she is anymore yeah like i don't it sounds so mean i don't care yeah no i i kicked i basically she made me cry for the last time when i was 19 and then i was like you know what get out of my life i don't need you I just yeah. need your money to pay for my school because she paid for my yes. for my college education, which is cool. But was it worth all the pain? There's no such thing as a free lunch, so yeah, you can't just take money and then act like everything's <laughs> like, okay. I need your money, but get out of my life. I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she owed you. Okay, I'm gonna ask the last question. Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? So, just to be fully transparent with everyone, uh, 
this is the one question that I was warned that might be asked. And so I've been thinking about it nonstop because there's so many different things you could say like, oh, make sure you wear and apply a good moisturizer. And it's like, really, you're going to use on that? Or, or nothing good happens after midnight or, you know. Um, and I was going through and trying to think of all the advice I've been given and all the advice I give. And I think my biggest piece of advice is to actually like, we're all pretty smart and we're all pretty wise. And I think it's important that you follow the own, your own advice that you give. So I always tell people, you know, you know, embrace that chaotic mess called life. And I'll, I'll say all this stuff that sounds so deep and it sounds so good. And I expect you to follow it. And if you don't, it's like, you know, what the hell, Gina? Yeah. I, I told you this deep piece of advice, like <laughs> take it and run. And then if you give me that same advice, I'll say like, you know, buzz off. Yeah. Like that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, you know, and I'll get really kind of offended and I won't trust it. So I think it's more along the lines of we all know and we all have the answers and we just actually need to trust it ourselves. Yeah. And as opposed to seeking out advice from others, just know like you have the answers within. Listen and trust yourself because, you know, it. if you're going to dish out that advice, it's probably a good piece of advice and don't get offended when someone gives it back to you. Yeah. It's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So your... your answers are within you just like the beast yeah it is within w- you whoa, that it came, came full circle whoa we didn't even plan that guys whoa we didn't that was yeah. not planned yeah ladies and gentlemen emma shartner signing off until next time